And we're back. Just Finally like back. As as mysteriously as we were gone, we I have mean, returned. Yeah, I went on a, a forced staycation. Yeah. Staycation uh-huh. indeed. Yeah, I um I think I was gone for a total of eighteen days. In the best time of year too. In the best time of that year. That is such a bummer. Yeah, I was gone not quite that long, about half that time, about nine days. Um, but we were sick, unable to record, and that's why we've been missing the last two weeks. So we do apologize for our absence, but there was just nothing we could do. We were pretty sick. Um, and so we're back, though. Yeah. More excited than ever. Better than ever. Yeah. Um, going to be hopefully a great episode for you guys. Um, we're going to do our usual thing. Um, have some fruit, drink some beer, and then uh, maybe do some some spooky stories. I think, yeah, I think I think so. So my food review is going to be a little. Yeah. I mean, these scores aren't going to count. Right. Yeah. This this one we're probably going to have to try again in a month from now. Um, I have a little bit of smell and taste back, but not um, not totally. And Devin, I have um, the five major things for taste. I can do salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and spicy. But that's it. Yeah. If you handed me a lemon, could be a lime. Could be a lime. Could be. Could be an orange. Yeah. Yeah. My mouth still puckers <clears throat> like it's sour, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm slowly but surely getting getting it back. And well, my so my smell is my smell is pretty good. Every day I get I get a few more taste buds back. So, um, we have some fruit here. Devin picked up for us. Um. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of what it looks like, um, I know technically um, this is a fruit, but I think tomatoes are vegetables. This is a tomato, Devin. It's not. It's. I'm telling you right now, this is straight up a tomato. It's tomato. <laughs> it's I've fun- seen tomatoes, Devin. You can't fool me. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because <clears throat> it it does look exactly like a tomato. Yeah. No, like it's the color. It's uncanny. It, yeah. I will say uh, now that, now that they're cut open here, and we have two different varieties. It seems right. Correct. Yeah. Um, the one looks tomato esque, but a little orangier on the than inside. A, than a, yeah, on the inside than a tomato would. The other one kind of looks like a squash almost on the inside. It's yeah. like an orange. It's hard like an apple. Yeah. It's, they're very different. It's surprising that these are the same fruit. So what, what distinguishes them from each other? Yeah. Uh, they These are both persimmons. 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 Yeah, P-E-R. Like That's the name. Persimmons. persimmons. Yep. Okay. Um, See, I would have named it a tomato. The spongy tomato one is called a hachia. Hachia? Persimmon. Persimmon. Okay. And the squashy pumpkin-like one is yeah. called a fuyu. Hmm. Persimmon. F-U-Y-U. Yeah. No, man. Um, Fuyu. <laughs> um, okay. So um, the Hachia one says that you can eat when it um, has, when it, if it feels like a water balloon. Mm-hmm. Which that it does. does. Yeah. Um, and the other one, the other Fuyu here, says that you can eat uh, hard or soft. Um, it just changes the crispness and the sweetness hmm. depending on when you eat it. Interesting. So I say we go for the hard one. The hard first. one first. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I'm actually gonna cut this little little part. Okay. 
I am kind of excited. I'd be more excited if I knew I had full flavor. Same. So let's just hope I for good. I can smell this but, one. I don't know if there's much no, of a smell. I can't either. I can, I can smell. The, the other one smells like florally, fruity. Let, let's hope for good texture. I like the internal texture. Yeah. I don't like I the don't skin. like the skin. I'm with you on that. The internal tastes like a pear to me. Pear vibes. They like a little bit. It like tastes like a grittier apple. That to me is a pear. The flavor isn't bad. The no skin is a is a must. Are these in anything? Like are these of any significance? Like are they like like dragon fruits in a lot of stuff. Like even though I've never had dragon fruit. Um people eat persimmons in um salads a hmm. lot i can see this being good in a salad yeah um i it does taste sweet to me it is it, it tastes melony it does um i can kind of see where you get the pearness yeah like if i didn't know any better and i was blindfolded i'd be like that's yeah. a pear yeah if you didn't have the skin on it i the think skin is like yeah i would be curious to try that one saw like when it's softened up because i think i would really like it if it was soft yeah, same. I, and maybe I would, maybe even without my COVID mouth, I would maybe like it more. But I'm like even apples. I'm not a huge apple guy. It says that these ones are best raw. Oh, interesting. Um, now, yeah, it says split the corn two halves and you eat it. But this one, the oh. chia, um, apparently you eat. I'm excited for this one. This one looks kiwi textured. It's soft. Yeah, it looks like it's like um, I go in for it's it? like a soft mandarin plain hard to get okay it looks like if i made jello orange jello and i was trying to make it look like a kiwi like if i was sculpting orange jello into a kiwi that's what this texture looks like to me it looks like uh like when you have a fruit cup and it's like mm-hmm. the mandarin oranges yes. that have been in a fruit cup for a while yeah okay slimy not bad this one has more of a honey flavor. Yeah. Yeah, it's smoother sweet. It's like a richer sweet. Yeah. This one was definitely crisp and like like a candy. Yeah. Uh, the first one. Uh, the chia one is like You know honey. what I'm thinking? What? If you took the skin off of that and stuck a stick in it, froze it, and then like sucked on it like a lollipop or like a suck like a like a frozen tree. I'm just thinking of like frozen grapes. Like I love frozen grapes. And frozen blueberries. And frozen blue. Yep. This I think would be really good frozen. I think so. I, I like it. I liked both of them. Neither of them are like crazy, but that's also because I don't have the strongest yeah. taste right now. So I, I would I would definitely try I these again though. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. The um hard one, I'm gonna go ahead and say great to eat on a train. Eight great out of ten, eat. eat on a train. Yeah. The other one, mm, like a five out of ten. You, like, need a, you need a spoon. Spoon. And a it's very sloppy. It was. It was kind of like when you cut it, kind of spraying all over your hand a little bit. Yeah. Oozing, some oozing going on. That one, the soft one, I could see in a salad more. Interesting. See, I was thinking apple, like an apple walnut salad with the hard one. Yeah. See, I was thinking the small little oranges. Right. Either way, both are good I, fruits. I, I, and, honestly, both are a good salad. Yeah. It's a good salad fruit. Yeah. They look like tomatoes, though. They, they are straight up tomatoes. Yeah. Do you think there's anywhere, somewhere, somewhere in the world, doing a podcast eating a tomato right now, and they're like, "Yeah, it's American fruit." And they're like, 
this is not good. They're like, it kind of looks like a persimmon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're like, no, no, that's a persimmon. That's not a tomato. That's a persimmon. Yes, I'd like to think that. Probably not, but we're going to go ahead and go with it. Um, sweet. Well, good fruit. Thank you, as always, for bringing it. I'll probably snack on that maybe a little bit later. Yeah, there was another fruit there that Google said very good things about. Hmm. It was like, it tastes like this and this and this and it's blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to waste my taste on that one. <laughs> yeah, let's save that one for, for when we like, can yeah, enjoy it. still in season. For sure. Um, and so I was like, I'll get these <clears> tomatoes. <throat> that's literally what I said. And I was like, <laughs> so that's going to say this is a tomato. <laughs> I'm that predictable. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. Well, I brought some beer as well. We've We had to break into it a little early, so we've already tried it. Um, but I, we brought, um, a black rock, black rocks, Oktoberfest. Um, so just a simple lager, Tis the season. nothing crazy. A Marzen lager. Yeah. Marzen style malt forward with a balanced bouquet of select noble hops. Prost a, and then fruit and Marquette of course. Oh yeah. You know, I, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, um, uh, yeah, I have my preferences. I really feel like you want to live and move there. Oh, I've thought about it. I've dreamed about it. We're Lieben beer, Sieleben beer. That is German. That is German. I, yeah. I know Sieleben is like, I think, like a cheers. Like a, like there, it's in toast. Sieleben. Sieleben ho. How do you spell it? S-I-E-L-I-E-B-E-N. Like the Sieleben ho is like a wedding cheers. Sieleben. Yeah. What does it mean? Um. Hmm. Devin's like, putting a confused look love. on his face. Love. Like they love. Oh, that love. makes sense. Love beer. So like there's a there's a contact or to put it into context, it says in Leiben mit der Persons DC Leiben, which I butchered, but in English, so C Leiben or C Leiben is the end part, so that all translates to a lifetime with the person you love. Huh. But in other contexts it means they love. Interesting. So, well, <clears throat> it it tastes good. Again, we don't have full flavor, but it tastes like an October Tepfest beer. Yeah, it it smells like beer, and to Ta- me, still kind of tastes like beer, which is a positive. Yeah. So I can't be mad. It will get the job done. Yeah. Um, see Laban. yeah any beer from Marquette, I'm I'm a sucker for. Yeah, you see Laban. It, yeah, you love it. Yes, yeah, see Laban. See Laban. Ho. That's a part of the toast. It's like a weird German traditional toast that you like raise you up in chairs. And three years ago, I think maybe three, four years ago, I don't know. My brother went to Oktoberfest in Germany. That'd be crazy. And was like, it is so cool. Yeah, the videos are wild that you see. He was wearing like lederhosen and like (laughs) traditional. I mean, if you're gonna do it, stereotypical. Yeah. Of course. Garb, and it's just like, that looks so f- massive, yeah. tense. Was it anything like the movie Beer Fest? Exactly. Exactly like it. Yeah. He has some <laughs> wild stories. <clears throat> I believe it. Like, I've heard crazy things. Yeah, he drank way too much beer. Mm. Oh, you're at October and ended like ended up like separated from his group. Mm. Like four. Not where you want to be. Like four to eight miles away from. Oh, my gosh. The venue inside of a bush. And when you're drinking your beer out of a gallon jug, essentially... <laughs> It can be easy to get lost and separated, I'm lost sure. in the sauce. Yeah. 
he was definitely sauced up. Yeah, he said he woke up inside of a bush and immediately oh. checked his sides to see if his kidneys had been stolen. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's terrifying. Yeah, I think if I'm going to go to Oktoberfest, I'm going to need a chaperone. Oh, someone, uh, someone to just look and over. It's not going to be me. No, no, it I can't nominate, be your friend. It needs to be like I nominate Paul. Yeah, I would trust Paul. I would trust Paul. I would trust Paul. Shout out, Paul. Um, cool. Well, Paul, take us to Oktoberfest <laughs> next year. <laughs> on you. Uh, thanks for paying for our flights. It's mm-hmm. super generous. Um, it's a bit actually. We should just <clears throat> form an LLC. Yeah. Uh, the around the campfire. Yeah. Uh, podcast LLC, and then just use it as a business expense. <laughs> expense it out. Yeah. We'll we'll deduct that from our revenue we've been generating. <laughs> our, our zero dollars a week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So we had COVID, and then um, it's fall which is my favorite time of year, which same, was a bummer. Here. Um, but have gotten the chance. I got to do a little bit of hunting. I know we talked about that um, episode previous. We didn't get me and Devin haven't gone yet. Cause obviously we've been MIA from each other. Um, but I went out uh, this past weekend after my quarantine was done and first time going out for the year uh, stuff's bound to go wrong. So, you know, I really, I was like, I'm going out, but really this is just, to work out the kinks like i'm just gonna go i'm gonna get all the bad stuff out of the way so i can you know enjoy my rest of the year exactly i was using a um climber tree stand that um my brother-in-law lent me um it's his dad's old one that hasn't been used in a while and it needed some some tlc um needed to be repaired have some bolts put in didn't have a seat so i did that went to home depot got some bolts got it fixed up and then didn't have a seat on it. And so what I did was I just tied paracord, a bunch of paracord across the seat and then set my crazy Creek on it, which is just like a padded stadium mm-hmm. seat. Um, and I did that and it works pretty well. It's not bad. The first time I didn't tie enough strings and I, my legs fell asleep cause it cut off my circulation. So I tied like six more strings on and now it's like, it's, it's great. It's Saying like three, four hours. Um, but the first night I go out and my brother-in-law actually came out and he was like 50 yards from me. And so we're, he's in a, blind and i'm in this tree stand that i first time ever using never even been in this type of tree stand because you like essentially what it is it has like blades in it and you like go climb the tree with it you like shimmy up step by step and is that how you get down to yeah yep and so you have to tie a string from one to the other because it's two different pieces and so if your feet fall then you just don't have any feet and then you can't get down the tree well, you can just not. Well, yeah. So I didn't go up very high because I was nervous. And I, I tied the string too close. And so I could only move like six inches at a time. <laughs> and so this is just super uncomfortable. Um, and so I'm up in the tree and I'm sitting there. And I spent a few hours at this point And I look to my right and I see deer. And I almost, like, I just, like, kind of casually looked away. And I was like, oh, deer over there. And I was like, oh, shit, deer over there. Because, like, I just, like, I was almost, like, hallucinating that I was seeing deer. Because last year I didn't see anything and i first set i was loud as can be getting out there like just wasn't expecting it and so these deer come under me um they end up 10 feet from me and then they kind of turn and they're kind of behind me and i'm not even holding my bow at this point and so i'm like i need to stand up i need to grab my bow i'm not in any position that i would even be able to like shoot one of these deer even though they're pretty small um and so I kind of like looked behind me to see where they're at to see if I could stand up and spooked them away. And then they like were still in the area. I didn't like spook them out of the area, but 
Um, right after that, they were so they're still in the area. I my arrow is on the knock, which is what it's called. It's sitting there, and it it comes off the string, and it falls is this to the ground. Amateur hour, yeah, Jeez, yes. Seth, oh, on. oh yeah. So at this point, I have dropped my wallet, which I dropped right away as soon as I got up there. First thing on the ground, I dropped. You use a string. You like tie a string to your bow, and that's how you like lower it up and down, so you don't have to climb the tree with your bow in your hand. I dropped the string that I needed to get the bow down. So th- those two are already on the ground. Then I dropped the arrow off, and I'm like, okay. I have two more in my quiver, and I had taken my quiver off my bow so it'll sit on my lap a little better, and I put it on this little thing on the side. And so it's like leveraged on there, and I grab the arrow out of it thinking that it will be good, like it'll still stay on there. And when I did that, it didn't have enough leverage, and so then the quiver fell with the other arrow in it. So I have one arrow still in my hand. And so I'm like, well, okay, at least I have one arrow. And I'm like, what is this, my first time hunting? Like, what is going on? I'm a mess. But I was, you know, that was my expectation going into it. I was like, okay, I know things are going to go wrong. There's deer in the area, though, which I was not expecting. So I put the arrow on the string, get ready. 30 minutes goes by. We have, like, probably 45-ish minutes until it's going to be too dark to hunt. And I stand up, kind of stretch my legs, looking around. What are you standing up on? Like, there's, like, a little platform okay. that, like, your feet sit on. Yeah. That, just for those. I, yes. Yeah, yep. Just for those that can't visualize um, it. And as I'm kind of looking around or whatever, um, my last arrow falls off the string <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> and so at this point, like, if I was hunting alone, I would have went down and I would have got the arrow, the arrows. But my brother-in-law is like 50 yards from me. And so any noise I make is going to interrupt his hunting. And it's too close to dark. Like, again, if it had been at three in the afternoon and I had four hours, right. I would went down and got him. But at this point, it's like, I'm going to do more harm than good. So I'm just going to pray that any deer that come through go to my brother-in-law, not me. Because how <laughs> shitty would it be if like a big buck walks right under you broadside. You just, and I'm it? like, <laughs> just on have it? a bow with no arrows. felt like an idiot. Strangle it to death. Oh, and so didn't end up seeing any more deer. Climbed down, made a huge noise because I, I just, it's, there's a bit of a learning curve there for me. Um, and then so far it's been much smoother after, except, um, the last time I went out, which was yesterday evening, I got to the top. So the 25th. <clears throat> yes. The 25th went, uh, Monday and there's like a thing you put on your hand that like has a trigger. So you like. It goes around your wrist. It's like a wrist brace. And then it has a trigger and it locks onto your string. And then when you pull the trigger, it releases It releases the, the string and then it shoots the arrow. And I also had dropped that the first time Oh, as, as well. well. I mean, that's not technically right. crucial. You can just. <laughs> yeah. You just have to hold it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time I just got up in the tree and I set my bow on this the little stand thing that sits next to it. I'm getting all situated. I'm like, oh, like I'm getting so much better at this. Things are going smoothly. And I clipped that thing onto the string, even though it wasn't on my hand. I just, like, clipped it on there so it would stay there. And because it, like, locks in place. And then I went to grab my bow after I, like, sat down, literally, like, put my backpack down, got my water out. I have everything set up. It takes, like, 10 minutes to get, like, I got my layers on because I don't hike out with them because then I'd be too hot. Got all my layers on, vibing, pick up my bow. The freaking release drops to the ground. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, just getting out there. So I'm like, I'm going to go down and get it. 
Of course, I have all my layers on. I don't feel like taking them off. So I shimmy down the tree. And that's when my feet fall out from under me. The stand, the, the seat. Yeah. The, the, the feet stand just drops. And now there's a string attached to it. A little bit too long. So I cannot reach it. So I am hanging on. How far? Um, My feet. Well, yeah, so not that high. That's the thing. Like, when I'm sitting there, I'm probably, like, 10 feet above the ground. But, like, by the time I lower down my body, like, hanging. So if I'm grabbing onto, like, the top and I'm hanging only, like, four feet to the ground. So it's, like, not that bad. So I have to, like, lower myself down, hanging all of my body weight. I try to get my feet under me first. Can't do that. So I end up just dropping the four feet to the ground. Totally fine. Then I, like, climb back up the tree. And I get up there. I have the release. I am sweating profusely, like, because I'm wearing all of my layers now, and I am just drenched as if I just hung for my life. I literally do not think I would be able to do that right now, still. Mm. Just don't have the... No, no way. Yeah. I, I lost almost 15 pounds. That's insane. And have zero... Yeah. Like, of my endurance and energy back. Yeah, well, be careful if you, if you go out hunting, maybe use a different kind of stand, because... Yeah. You never know what's going to happen and when you'll be hanging for your life. No, I'm a rock climber. I'll just. I'm just glad I wasn't 30 feet in the air. Like, because some people go up that high. Like, if yeah. I was 30 feet in the air, I could, like, I don't know what I would have done. You would have had to bear hug the tree and just slowly. Oh, shimmy that sounds miserable. Down. No. Oh. <laughs> Can you picture it? I'll just break my legs. Yeah. Forget it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my hunting experience. Um, Not bad. We're working out the kinks. Um, no deer yet. I've seen some deer. Haven't got a chance to shoot at any, but that's how it's been. So not bad, not bad. Yeah, I think it would have been <clears> worse <throat> if a deer walked past you and if, you were sitting there with no arrows. I don't know, especially if it was like a nice buck. I, I don't know if I'd be sitting here today. I think I would be like in isolation, crying. Yeah, because yeah, like you, the thing is, like bow hunting is so hard. Like anyone who shoots any deer at bow hunting, like I have so much credit to gun hunting. Not as much. Like I'm a gun hunter primarily. And so I'm not like belittling them, but like, it's just so much harder with a bow. You have to be so much closer. You have to be so much quieter. Like everything about it is so difficult. And so if I would have gotten an opportunity to kill my first deer with a bow, cause I've never done it. And it would have been a nice buck. And the only reason that I couldn't is because dumbass here dropped all three of his arrows. I would have never, what would have been worse is me relentlessly giving you shit as you you should i would expect everyone who sees me to make fun of me every time yeah it's like those hunters that uh hunt with a flintlock yeah versus those that hunt with a normal did you uh, see the the new meat eater season um i watched um one or two episodes obviously i was the flintlock one yeah i didn't watch the flintlock one i watched the one with luke combs yep um and then the one I think directly after that, which I think is Mountain Goats. Okay. Yeah. He, um, the, I think in the next episode, he hunts with a flintlock in Pennsylvania and he misfires because the trigger is so light to the touch. Yes. And he, he set his trigger too early and it, it went off when he was trying to find the trigger to pull it and it wasn't aimed. And so, yeah. What like, was he hunting? Just deer. Oh. Just white tailed deer. Okay. Um, but yeah, anytime you're using a weapon that's, 400 years old like the (laughs) flintlock muzzle loader or bow and arrow now now granted like bows are older but still yeah it's it's like it's i give everyone who does that so much credit because it is it is very difficult like the hunting i've done historically has been 
hunting a field where there's corn or soybeans with a shotgun. And so it's like, there's really not a lot of skill involved. Yeah. There's a reason why 90% and 98% of hunters use. Yeah. yeah. Gun season is so much more popular because it's just, it's a whole lot easier. Now crossbows, different story, but like to use like a regular either recurve or compound bow. Very if you're using a recurve bow. I know. You deserve all the credit in the world. <laughs> um, that's a whole nother level. Yeah. So that, that's been hunting. I'm excited because the season's just kind of getting started for me. Um, so we got a whole lot more hunting to do, but hopefully I have a story of me getting a deer um, soon that we can share. Um, but Devin, today we're not talking about hunting. Ooh, <laughs> we're talking spooky stories. It is um, the season. So this weekend season. is Halloween. It's October. It's time to watch scary movies, drink warm beverages, and maybe go to a haunted house or um, oh, corn maze. Corn maze. Whatever. Do you want to do that? We should. We should. We should do like a double date or something to like a haunted house. My only issue is when, because yeah, do they for- stay open in November? I'm not sure. I don't know either. I feel like some of them have to. We could look. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing. I'm also a wuss when it comes to that, but you know, <laughs> tis the season. We watched um this weekend with some friends. We watched Disturbia. The I hate that movie. It's, really? It's very good, but like because it's grounded in reality. You're talking about the Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. It's grounded in reality. It's like scary. Yeah. See, that's where I'm like, because I was like, uh, our friend Lauren and. Rach Paul's wife Rachel, we were like, Do you was this movie scary? And they're like, Oh, so scary. I'm like, Really? It's I mean, suspenseful, there are scary moments, but like compared to like the conjuring or paranormal activity or like any of those, it's just like Yeah. The first time I saw the conjuring, I made my mom blow up an air mattress next to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, I'll when it. I was, I do not like like I do not like horror movies like <laughs> someone I, says hey do you want to go like watch a horror movie i'm like i would rather um walk outside in the snow with very little clothes on and suffer for an entire 24-hour yeah. period than do that see i i like them but i only like them sometimes like i'm not like oh i gotta see the new one i'm like i need to be in the mood for it and ready to be scared so i'll tell you a funny story <laughs> um when the movie it came out mm-hmm my friend at the time wanted to go see it and I was like, sure. I'll give you the time of day. <laughs> uh, you want to hang out? I haven't seen you. Let's yep. go watch the movie. <clears throat> I watched the movie and immediately regret it um, because that movie's crazy and it's scary. Yep. And, and I was like, yep, you're welcome. And then I had uh, like an hour drive home and then it was almost midnight at this point. <clears throat> And uh, my childhood home growing up was uh, kind of in a valley. Mm. It's like very, very dark. So when nighttime hits, there's no light pollution. So (coughs) it's dark. And I get out of my car and I can see um, my parents' light is on in their room or like or maybe I'm looking through the window, maybe like the TV's on. I can see that's the only thing I can see and it's like 50 yards away. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I know my property well enough. I know my driveway. And I just start hucking until <laughs> I know where my steps are until to where the steps of the first porch are. 
And so I get to that and um, my phone, I oh, must no. have in the midst mm. clicked music. And so oh. music starts playing. <laughs> I thought you forgot but in the car. No, no. It's quiet enough to, to where I can't comprehend a song. Like I, I can't like, <laughs> oh, like that is this band, this song. Yeah. And so I just start hearing a sound. Oh, no. I trip up the stairs <laughs> and I'm frantically trying to get to the point of my porch where the autumn, the motion sensing light turns on. Yeah. Except I'm scrambling because I'm like, what is that sound? <laughs> and They're I'm after like, me. They're right I'm behind like me. In the midst of like running on my, like all fours essentially because I kind of like tripped yeah. up the stairs. And I'm like catching myself. The light turns on and I'm like, I look around me. There's nothing near me, obviously. And I look down and I see a light <laughs> in my pocket and I realize that my phone is just playing a song. Maybe got back probably. Yeah, probably. And I and I get to I get to the door and I just take the biggest deep breath in and realize the stupid situation <laughs> that just happened and I am the only one that witnessed this. That's funny. Open the door, get inside my basement, and then I was okay. But for like a minute and a half I went through hell. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. thought I was gonna get murdered by a clown. Um you just unlocked a memory for me. When I was younger, I would have to like my responsibility was feeding the dog. That's a who, tough one. Who lived outside. Um, and I would like forget all the time. And so we'd be like eating dinner and my parents would be like, How bread? did this dog survive, Seth? No, like he would get <laughs> fed, but like I just like would forget to do it like till later. He had a good life, don't worry. And so my dad would be like, Did you feed Reggie? And I'd be like, ah, damn, no. I probably didn't say damn because I was like in sixth grade. But I was oh, like, shucks. Oh, rats. <laughs> and so I would go and like I'd have to go through the garage to get to the dog food and then I would like scoop it out and then across like we lived on a farm so it's like probably 50 yards from the garage to a big old red barn that's like no lights spooky very spooky and like you couldn't even like navigate through it because there's so much like crap there's like scrap piles and like a lot of stuff so you couldn't even like run through it if you want to it'd be very dangerous and so I literally would like turn the light on in the garage and I'd walk over to the food and then I'd like peek my head out of the door and I'd look, look both ways. And then I would all out sprint to the barn and I would literally get in the door, spray the food into his like dish, like throw it from four feet away, get get 85% of it in there and then sprint back to the house. Not even put the scooper away. I didn't even have time to put the scooper away. I'd bring it into the house with me and set it set it like in our like entryway because i was like nope not going back to the garage they know i was there they're gonna be waiting for me you know if yeah. i'm a murderer i'm like well, yes put scooper back. back yeah <laughs> so i wasn't giving him that opportunity who yes. knows how many times i miss being murdered because of that strategy see i my childhood my driveway is was in, is was insanely long and it's a massive hill so if you leave the house to go up to what we would call it's okay it's funny um up front we mm-hmm. would call it up front because it was in the front of our property and you had to go up this massive hill it's where my dad's barn was it's where our shack yeah. was it's where like a lot of stuff was with garden so when you ran up front you had to run up this massive hill and it was like it's a a, a long way um and i rem- i i vividly remember um multiple treks i'd like we turn on the massive mercury light that would shine halfway up the hill and then the tree coverage would stop that and 
just like <laughs> just running. You're like you know when Tom, you know when Tom Cruise runs in movies. Yeah, it is like yeah. it's so insane and intense, and it looks like he's running faster than any human has ever ran yeah. before. That is what it was. Land like. speed yeah. records exactly. Were being broken. Yeah. yeah, like running so fast that I have a dust cloud behind me. I'm like shooting the limestone out from my. If you ran off a cliff, you would dangle there for a little bit as you ran in place. I would until run like fall. an extra 25 yeah. yards yeah. off yeah. the and then cliff. Then you'd look, realize that you ran off the cliff. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I know. I'm picking up at your landing. Exactly, and it, it's just it's so funny because like now I like <laughs> I'm still like there's still like a slight fear because it gets so dark. But like I just walk with like my phone flashlight on, right? And I'll just like walk up there and like look at something in the shop or go grab something. Much more level headed, and, and, like and then like come reasonable. back down the hill. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But like sometimes you hear a noise, and like you never know. It could be a skinwalker, skin right? Could be. Like, we're thinking could the be. same thing, yeah. And then, then actual fear right. kicks in because those are could be real. real. Well, we are on tonight. We are on it. So, Devin. Freaking three weeks off. What? It still doesn't matter. What's a skinwalker? Yeah. Skinwalkers um, are a being or an entity uh, from Navajo culture. It is essentially a uh, harmful witch who has the ability to turn into or possess or disguise themselves as an animal. Um, the witch is called Nadalushi by the Navajo, which translates to with it. And it, or uh, he goes on all fours. Hmm. It's just one of several types of Navajo witches and is considered the most volatile and dangerous. So but there's, there's like <clears throat> multiple, kind of like how um, the Chupacabra exists. There's like multiple of these iterations yeah. or stories that people have, but... That is where it originates from. Okay. So I think it's the the most fascinating thing for me about skinwalkers, well, one of, is that virtually every culture that has existed here in America has stories resembling this. Yes. Maybe not like they don't call it by the same name and there might be some details that are a little bit different, but like ultimately every group of people has something resembling a skinwalker or a chupacabra or a um i mean werewolf or there's other yeah essentially <clears throat> this animal like creature <clears throat> yeah that resembles both animal slash human right um shapeshifter is, is a yeah, common is like, another word for this thing yeah. um um cuz like witches and these like kind of spiritual beings are very common in Navajo Correct. tradition and culture. So they had like other like medicine men and things like that Who that were Yeah, the Navajo believed like the medicine men could harness right this entity's powers for good. Right. And, and for okay. like things. So like sometimes the Navajo talk about like a skinwalker being good but also extremely evil. Yeah. Okay. Mostly evil. Right. Yeah, it was like I'm, the witchery way um, oh, was like what they would practice. Uh, but like there's like stories where they would say that um, there's like places where their powers are both good and evil are, are present. And then those could those powers could be harnessed either way. Hmm. So I yeah, that's super interesting. 
Um, I have known or like heard about this for a long time, um, but it was reminded to me about these um, on TikTok recently. I don't know if anyone's seen those TikTok videos that go around, but it's people like in modern times who are claiming that they've seen skinwalkers like today and they are um, the most common I feel like are like West Virginia, Pennsylvania. The Appalachians are like, yeah, also very kind known. of up into Canada a little bit. Yeah. On that whole Eastern seaboard. I haven't, I haven't heard of too many here in Michigan, but there was one TikTok account that I found that was like in the Midland area, which is near kind of where I grew up that was claiming it. Um, and they had like set up cameras and like had this like evidence that was just super blurry. I, I love it. Yeah. Every I mean, time I see it, I laugh <coughs> so hard. Yeah. There was, uh, I'll get, I'll, I'll get into it later. You'll have to remind me, but yeah. Um, the reason it may be hard to catch a skinwalker is because they are said to run faster than a car, have the ability to jump up high cliffs. Uh, they are extremely fast, agile, and impossible to catch because they leave tracks that are larger than those of an animal and can be mistaken. So here, here's where I'm at. They're not quite human and not quite fully animal. My, my logical brain... And kind of like me, they're usually naked. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Usually. <laughs> um, my thing with this is how do we not have any pictures? Oh, there are pictures. Well. I'm looking at some Okay, right yeah, but like how real are we talking? I can't see. Yeah, no, that's a Halloween decoration. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that seems staged. I, I guess I'm I'm contradicting myself because I'm asking for photo evidence and then you showed me photo evidence. I'm like, nah, that's not real. So maybe they are out there. It's, I just feel like with like how many trail cams people have exactly. out there from hunting. And like I have probably spent more time in the woods than 95% of the population. Not like that that's a brag. I'm just saying like generally like I grew up hunting. I grew up camping. Yes. I've like Same. spent a lot of time in the woods. And I have never seen or experienced anything that resembled well, you anything spooky. Well, you don't live in Pennsylvania or that. I mean, that's true. But they like, talk about like not going outside after dark. Like they're like, like there's like old grandmas who are like, Oh, we don't speak about it. We don't. You yeah. Just, I was, I was scrolling the internet and it was kind of like Beetlejuice. It was like, don't say the don't name say it. because it, you'll like attract them. Yeah. So but like we're really setting ourselves up for, I'm going hunting this week, so Skinwalker. <laughs> Say it again. Skinwalker. Oh, nice. Um, um Yeah, the internet is one of the be- like if the internet's good for one thing, it's stories like this. Because they people have theories and Oh yeah, I found I found some good stories oh, that, I, that I'm gonna share. Can you yeah, please oh, do. Of course. Please do. Yeah. So um I'll let you pick what one um I read first. Um, okay. Just by the title. Okay. Okay. This one's uh, titled uh, My Skinwalker Run-In. This one is titled I Need an Answer to What I Saw. And this one is A Skinwalker Might Be Following Me. Name of your sex tapes. <laughs> oh, what is name of your sex tapes? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I need an answer to what I saw. <laughs> I I think I like the first one. What, can you read them again? My Skinwalker Run-In. 
I need an answer to what I saw. A skinwalker might be following me. Okay, the second one. I want the second one. I need an answer to what I saw. Because this one seems more, it seems the most grounded in reason. Like, this guy is truly spooked and not trying to, like, play it up, like, for attention. Um, Mind you, I'm going to read this verbatim. Yep. So, if there there are grammar errors or spelling issues, it is the original author. Yeah. Um, The uh, original author is uh, single underscore armadillo 6145. Legend. Legend. Single armadillo. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this happened a couple months back, if I remember, July 2016. I was down at my lake house in Texas with my cousin. We had two houses right by each other, a guest house and a main house. One night, me and my cousin were hanging out and we decided to go out and screw around. Maybe go ride the pontoon for a bit. It was like 1230 in the morning. And our grandparents were asleep, but they trusted us. So, me and him are headed down to the dock. Well, I'm grabbing my stuff on the table under the house while he is down at the dock lowering the pontoon. While I'm grabbing my wallet, I notice something in the tree line right by the fence. It looked a lot like a coyote, but three times bigger. And it was looking me dead in in the eye. I was effing petrified. The big gate was the only thing blocking me and whatever that thing was. I grabbed my wallet and walked pretty fast down to the dock and said nothing to my cousin as we got the boat off the dock and then took off. We rode around for about two hours before we came back. When we came, I was going to put the the boat up while he went to the house. While I was putting the boat on the lift, I heard my cousin yell, oh shit. I ran up to him and he was staring straight at that thing. This time, it was across the damn fence and staring at both of us. We're both frozen, terrified. He said run, and we both ran as fast as we effing could up the stairs and into the house. I thought I saw it running at us, but I don't know. We locked the door and shut all the windows. We heard what sounded like growling all night long until about 6.30. We asked my grandpa if he heard anything, and he said, I did. It sounded like something was banging on the floor, but I ignored it. By the way... These houses were on stilts because of a high chance of flooding. My cousin and I told both my grandpa and my grandma about it, and they both knew what we were talking about as well um, because we all had Indian blood in us, and we all believe it was a skinwalker. So they told our parents and everyone else and tore the place down, sold it, and moved to another lake. That seems extreme. I'll just come out and say it. That sounds... Okay. I'm going to just believe this is real because I want to. I feel like selling your home, like they must believe it. Like They, they have to have like fear, like a, a level of fear. Or they're absolutely loaded. Or, yeah. Like that could be it too. But I, okay. They tore it down, sold it, moved to another lake. With more neighbors, actually, is, is what it says. Part of me hopes that the if you're willing to give up your seclusion, <laughs> yeah, that's for true. More neighbors, if potentially the grandparents were gonna do this anyway, and they're like, "Oh, opportunity, we're gonna tear this place down, go buy a different place." Let's convince the boys. Like they're doing the long term prank. <laughs> that's probably just as unlikely as it being a real skinwalker. 
Grandpa's out there in a, a <coughs> suit. But, but <laughs> hanging on the floors. The, the, my other thought is, in I was hoping that this story wasn't going to make mention of like them having native blood and, and believing in skinwalkers because at like as someone who spent a lot of time in the woods hunting, something I've learned in low light is that everything looks. Yeah. Like I see like a weed becomes a deer. I'm like, that's a deer. I can see its antlers. And then I'm like, I can, I'm convinced that that was moving. I'm like, its head is up. Okay, now its head is down. Like that is a deer. It's eating because I want to see it and I want to believe it. And low light does things to your mind. Like you see it. And so part of me is like they deep down they wanted to see something. Yeah. Now it is odd that they both saw it at two different times and didn't say anything. And then like the whole grandparents selling the house. Like yeah, that's is. a little more extreme. But I really do believe that like your mind will play tricks on you and convince you that you're seeing something that you're not. A hundred percent. And there's a couple more stories, maybe we can get into later, um, of people just hearing something, um, that sounded like hooves. Yeah very heavy and like not actually seeing it but like just hearing it chase them and they're like running um and they like turn around and there's like nothing there and that yeah. and that story massachusetts late 2019 so like first story texas second story massachusetts yeah and like a, a lot of the stuff i've seen happens on this. at like early evening yeah dusk dusk that's it's hard to see that time. A lot of the stuff I've seen, though, like on TikTok and whatnot about this, it, they pretty much all say, like, don't talk about it. Keep your head down and don't run. Just walk back to your house. Close the doors. Like, yep. okay, if this animal is truly like this crazy apex predator, faster than a car, jumps, you know, whatever. Like, they're either just toying with us. Or like they don't want to be exposed. Like I just, I guess I'm confused yeah, at like. I think the one, I think the one thing said like they kill out of revenge and spite. Okay. Um, they're not these like cold-blooded so- yeah. sociopaths that are like killing for their own pleasure. They're more like. Yeah, they're not a Ted Bundy. They're they're, they're like killing for revenge. Yeah. Like you looked at me wrong. You ran. Yeah, you you threw litter in my forest. Honestly, I'm kind of for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, I'm not totally against that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, anything to cut down on pollution right i mean <laughs> yes yes please actually just take that interesting out. yeah i um also a day ago um someone posted some pretty crazy pictures from this place called um skinwalker ranch yeah i've, I've heard of it but only by name. there's like these weird beams of light going up into the sky and they said mm-hmm. something weird going on at skinwalker ranch right now this is taken from my house 20 miles away, and it is like a massive blue tri-beam light going into the sky. Interesting. Yeah, they're trying to sell used cars? Yeah, they're like, something's it looks going like, on. Have you ever been to, um, if you've ever been to uh, Las Vegas, it looks like the beam of yeah. light that comes out the Luxor, which is the Black Pyramid. Huh. Um, Interesting. I, I do know, so like a lot of these come from like early American um like times of settlers or natives. Um, and I read a book a long time ago called under the stars, but essentially it's how America fell in love with camping. And it, we went from 
like camping is a very unique thing and it, it is popular in other places, but the woods used to be something that terrified people and meant like danger and death because like that's where people went and they died because they're the wild animals Except because of Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Well, right. But like <laughs> a lot of people like the, the woods were feared. And then like we transitioned as we like got more comfortable and like started having homes and stopped living in the woods. We then used it as a recreational activity. Right. And so it's an interesting thing, but like pretty much all through history until like the last hundred years, people didn't view the woods as like a place to go get away and to relax and to hang out. It was like, no, you only go there like when you have to. And it was deemed like a dangerous place. Like, it, it like there was a transition time and and so i think it's interesting i think like this probably plays somewhat into that like yeah like i don't know maybe maybe we don't hear about it as much anymore because marketing people are like hey sh- like, we got a new campaign coming right and we we're like issuing new backpacks yes yeah, yeah, don't, don't talk about how sell. dangerous the woods are but also like i don't know i know a lot of people who've spent a lot of time in the woods and it's all like it's always been if you're prepared like very safe you know, there are risks, but like, right. Never once have I been like, okay, we need to prepare. What if we come across a skinwalker? You know, like yeah. I've never like even had that thought as I prepared for something. Yeah. Not, I mean, same goes for like Bigfoot or right. a chupacabra or, yeah. or anything. I'm more worried. Like, am I going to see a mountain lion or a bear? <laughs> yeah. Like I am more scared of those things. Right. Probably. And f- it's funny. Um, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I was scrolling the internet the other day and someone had posted a video of a Bigfoot sighting and it was a trail cam and it was dark. So it was the like infrared. So it's Mm -hmm. like the black and white and you um, see these deer that look HD. Like you're like, that is, that is a deer. And the thing next to it is also a deer they're very clearly deer. You cannot mistake them for anything other than deer. Hmm. And they're like eating mm-hmm. in front of the trail cam. And the person is trying to point out this massive thing behind them that is all of a sudden in 240p. <laughs> like it goes from an <laughs> HD video and like there's this like thing behind them. Yeah. Uh, they're like, he's like, look at this thing between the trees that's like looking at these deer. And you're like, that thing is six feet behind the deer. And looks like it was filmed on a camcorder from <laughs> the first <laughs> the very the first, first camcorder. ever camcorder <laughs> yeah and i just had to laugh and i was like why is it that these deer are in focus and then yeah. bigfoot is maybe it's moving so fast that it just it's like still even be it's like still it like barely moves a little bit <laughs> like you, it moves enough to for you to like yeah. it like draw your eyes up there um and i was like also this is an infrared video that thing is not giving off any heat signature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of flaws in that guy's plans. Yeah. Unless, you know, who knows? Maybe that's how they've been disguising themselves. They know how to, like, lower their body temperature. For, I don't know. Who knows? Who, know? who knows? Honestly, who knows? Um, Yeah. I, I think the, like, the Bigfoot, Skinwalker. There's also, we don't really have time to get into it, but the conspiracy that, like, the national park system or park service exists to hide them away in caves like underneath but 
Like, there's like a lot of theories and stuff that go on with it. I would love it if it. that were true. I know, and also like, well, you're hiking Yellowstone, you just find like this <laughs> weird door. It's it's also the worst idea possible, which means it might be true. Like, wouldn't put it past the U.S. government to do something this dumb, where they're like, we're gonna hide them in national parks, and then it's like, we're gonna market the national parks, and they're gonna have millions of visitors a year. <laughs> like, the most heavy, like, heavily trafficked yeah, areas like, in the United States. If you're gonna do gonna it, you should do it in like, honestly, it'd be like, oh. We had a um, nuclear spell here. You know that would be yeah. good hiding, but like knowing knowing the government, they yeah, probably why would you hide it? Like, like hide it in a place no one goes, like Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it in the middle of South Dakota. <laughs> hey, middle of South Dakota, you have the Badlands. Oh, okay. North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd want to go to like North Dakota, Kansas, or Nebraska. Right. Yeah. I, I always <laughs> rack on Nebraska. Nebraska is actually pretty good. There's like some cool parts. I but, have not had that experience. But when but. you drive from Michigan yeah. to Colorado, no. the part of Nebraska you go through is it's terrible. terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Iowa, it's Nebraska. Kansas. Ugh. Um, so I, um, if you've ever heard the podcast, The Dirtbag Diaries, it's a outdoor podcast that I used to listen to pretty regularly. I haven't listened in a while. But I they listen to ours now. <laughs> in, yeah, same. I'm just trying to repeat. Um, they do like spooky stories and they do like real stories that people write in. And, um, a few years ago, this was actually while we were still in college. I listened to one of the episodes and the, the stories aren't that scary because they're all true stories of things that have happened to people. So they're like more realistic and more like, but doesn't that make them more scary? Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like in terms of like, the climax, it's not like, and they were all murdered and, the, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, it just leaves you a little uneasy because you don't really know what happened. And that's kind of like what these stories are. And I like telling stories. Obviously, I'm we're doing a podcast, but like this was one of those stories that I think I had told Maddie and Maddie was like, oh, like we're we are actually hiking or we hiked out and we're camping at, it's called The Bowl. It's in Holland. It's... it's private property but it's very like popular place for like high schooler and college students to like go hang out at and like technically it's illegal but like not really a big deal and so we hike out there maddie is like oh you should tell the story of the boots from the podcast and i'm like oh i don't know like it's not you know and maddie's like no like you should you should it's a good story i'm like okay and so i go to tell this story and my friend jacob is there um and have you ever told a story and you're around somebody who like is making jokes throughout the story and then it like totally throws off your delivery and then like just steals all the, the steam right out from under your. Yeah, it happens every week when you and I get together. Yeah, you know, and I just like ruin all your punchlines. Yeah, that is Jacob during this story. And, and to this day, he apologizes. <laughs> That bad. Well, one, he makes fun of me and he's like, oh, why don't you tell the boot story? And I'm like, okay, shut up. Like, no, I'm never telling that story again. And two, he's like, okay, I really am sorry that like, that was, that was rude. I, I really like, it was a good story. I just like, um, but so that, that is like, I, I don't like telling scary stories for that reason. Cause I'm like, if this is received how I don't intend it, it's just going to be a big miss. And the the story is like fairly fairly scary it's like this guy who's hiking um don't don't oh don't ruin it before you actually tell it you're gonna tell it right well 
I was going to not tell because I don't want to get made fun of. Now everyone listening to this podcast. No, you have to tell it now. I don't want the paraphrased okay. version. If you're going <sighs> to set it up like this, you got to give me the. Okay, I'll tell you the story, but I might I forget want the some. the full course. I might forget some details or get them wrong. So if, you, if you've heard this story, don't butcher me on it. But essentially the story goes, this guy um, was going to go out and he was going to do an overnight camp, like the first one of the season. So it's springtime. <laughs> So it's all melting. He's in like he's somewhere out in the mountains. I don't know where exactly. I believe Colorado, but it was just to the point where like he could drive to the trailhead um, and park. And so he drove into the trailhead, and his car, his truck, was the only set of tracks going there. You know, because he can see because there was like a fresh snow, and so he parks there. He's the only vehicle. This was a a trail he does all the time, and he um, he starts hiking. And he's hiking along, and it, he went after work. It's like a Friday night or whatever. And so it's just kind of dusk time. Classic. All these stories take place in dusk. Um, and so he's hiking along, and he couldn't shake the feeling that he was being watched. Like he just had that eerie kind of unsettled feeling that he was being watched. And so he keeps looking behind him and doesn't see anything, but he just is like just not feeling great. And so he's like – you know what? I'm going to hike just, I'm not going to go as far as I was going to. I'm going to go just to the side of the Creek. I'm going to camp there. I'll hike out in the morning. I, you know, whatever. And so he hikes along and it's starting to get darker and darker and he hears somebody yell. Here's a, Hey, Hey. And so he gets up to the Creek and it's like, it's, it's to the point now where it's like dark it's like pretty dark and he can, it's a big stream and he can see across it right in like the forest edge. He can see somebody over there and he's like, yells to him. He's like, hello, like nothing. And so he's like, what's going on? So he, against his better judgment goes to the other side. Nobody's there. And so he's like, my mind's playing tricks on me. Like just, you didn't, no one was there. You didn't hear anything. Just, keeps hiking constantly looking behind him just checking over his shoulder checking over his shoulder nothing gets into camp he's like i'm just gonna make a simple dinner makes like a can of beans like literally he's like i'm not even gonna set up my tent i'm just gonna cowboy camp no nah, man i want the protection of my tent at that point. <laughs> and so he eats his beans sets up camp and literally just like passes out he's like normally i wake up a few times throughout the night i but tonight he literally he took off his boots set them next to his sleeping bag got in a sleeping bag, ate dinner, like cashed out, slept through the whole night. Very uncommon. And he wakes up, lights out. It's it's getting light out. Like the sun is now like not up, but like you can see. And his boots are like 15 yards away from him. So he's, he was sleeping boots set right, right next to him. Boots are 15 yards away placed perfectly standing up not like scattered not like someone threw them or an animal came through and grabbed them but just set up perfectly right next to each other right on the right side left on the left side just sat there and so he packs up camp walks on the snow cross to his boots puts his boots on packs up camp any tracks books no no prints no animal prints and there's snow on the ground no animal prints no boot prints nothing Gets out of there as fast as he can, gets to his car, drives away, and said he will never be back to hike that trail again. And so the story, like the climax, it's not that great. Like the boots were moved. Okay. Like, no, that's eerie. But it's just the eeriness of that, like, 
This is, as far as we know, a true story from somebody and there's no closure on it. Like there's no like, oh, it was a bird or it was a, <laughs> like, we don't know. Like we'll never know. Birds aren't He'll wrong. never know. They are. It was a government drone. So like that to me is the part that's so unsettled because it's like, it's not crazy. Like it's the fact I that there is him. no ending. Yeah. And the boots are moved, and and I got roasted for this this story. Just it's not even my story. Like, just roasted relentlessly, even to this day. Jacob, I hope you're listening. Um, just know that I'm still butthurt about you making fun of me as I tell this story. Um, but yeah, that's the the legendary boot story. If you're ever with my friends and scary stories come up, they will ask me to tell the boot story just so they can make fun of me. That is, but, that is a. Um, <laughs> It is. It's like a spooky story. It's an eerie story. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like scary. It's just like. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would I'm, leave the boots. I'd cut my losses. <laughs> like, F those boots. Just walk in your socks in the snow. I don't Nuh-uh. know. Uh-uh. But at that point. Sprint. Yeah. No, They there could be some funky juju going on with Yeah. Those I'd be things. like, F those boots. I don't even care <laughs> about those. Home. I needed new ones. <laughs> and just hustle hard. Yeah. No, I would be hustling out of there. There are some other like, scary stories of. Um, like people seeing like floating white dresses on trails or like, I've, I've, I've read some of those. Ones. Yeah. Or some of the ones that are like mountain lions, um, like finding out they've been stalked by a mountain lion for a long time. Like they didn't know it and like narrowly missing Escaping. them. Like those are, those are spooky as well. But that, the boots one was the one that stuck out to me the most. Yeah. That one, that one's, that one's, um, <clears throat> Eerie. Yeah. I have a um, uncomfortable. <laughs> Hilarious, one might say. <laughs> story about a John Edward Jones. He's a legend. He is a legend. Yeah. Actually, sorry, before you get into this, the, yeah. um, I was first introduced to this when we first met. That yes. was the first I've ever heard of this. So yes. there's a little to, insight on that. <clears throat> to me, it is one of the scariest stories <laughs> because of like how uncomfortable it makes you feel the more you think about it. Yeah. And the more you put yourself into this man's right. unfortunate shoes. Yeah. So <clears throat> James Earl Jones. No, no. James Edward Jones. <laughs> James Edward Jones. Okay. <laughs> James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader. Um and it, that happened um in 2009 oh, not that essentially long um at a place called the nutty putty cave that's the real name right yes it is it is the real name um of this once trafficked <laughs> <laughs> this once trafficked uh cave there was about 5000 visitors per year when it was open but it was closed following an incident with John Edward Jones. Um, so Nutty Putty Cave was a um, a cave located uh, west of Utah Lake um, in Utah. Um, it was very popular, uh, and it was renowned for its very narrow passageways. And See, at this point, I'm out. The narrow passageways. And, like, this is – and it's not, like, narrow, like, what you're thinking. It's literally 10 to 18 inches. Yeah, that's too small. It's too small. Yeah. Narrow is like four feet. That's yeah. that's narrow. That is narrow okay. to me. Sorry, like if I'm going to hike a cave, <laughs> I, I want to at least be able to stand up or be like 75% of the I way I need to up. be able to turn around. 
that to me is is very important. I need to be able to turn around. However I do that, I need to be able to turn around. Yes. So, um, our boy John and a bunch of his friends go to hike this cave. Um, and they're having a, they're literally having the time of their lives. They're having fun doing everything that they are, are, are doing. I don't even know like mimicking <laughs> caterpillars. I'm guessing <laughs> going through these caverns. Playing tummy sticks. Yeah. Like I, um, <laughs> Anyway, and anyway, what's crazy to me is that the cave was so popular, um, it was predicted a fatality would happen because of like, hmm. like research that had been done. Yeah. Anyway, they 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 predicted a, a fatal a fatality would occur in one of the the cave's prominent features, which is a forty five degree room called the Big Slide. Um. <clears throat> where a gate was installed and then that part was like mm-hmm. temporarily closed. Um, anyway, May 18th, 2009, caves reopened to the public after some gates mm-hmm. and everything is... Yeah. I don't know, looked over. I don't even do, know how you look over a place like that. Do we know, is this guy a professional spelunker or is he just um, like a I would call him like an me? enthusiast. Okay, he's an enthusiast. Okay. Yep. So you are an enthusiast when it comes to hiking and, yep. and stuff like that. Um, gotcha. Anyway, um, John goes and, and and spelunks this cave um, with his brother, um, and he mistakes a narrow tunnel um, for this other tunnel called the Birth Canal Passageway, and essentially he becomes stuck upside down. In an area measuring 10 to 18 inches, around 400 feet from the entrance for 28 hours. Oh, my gosh. Um, a bunch of rescue teams um, and rescue workers uh, came, and they're unable to retrieve him using a sophisticated rope and pulley system. Um, and then the pulley literally fails mid-extrication. Ugh injures one of the workers and they're like arms in the other like yeah we're done uh john is screwed um they say that he ultimately suffered cardiac arrest due to the strain placed upon his body over several hours of being inverted in a compressed position and so like you think about this and it starts to invoke fear and like discomfort on you 127 hours but like almost worse worse because like in that at least you know you're like okay i have to cut off my arm this is gonna suck he's like please rescue me and they're like we're trying and then like ah yeah so apparently they they start they they start to kind of pull him out the pulley breaks and he slides back in even deeper even deeper so like I laugh oh, about James it, and Earl. then I'm like, oh, if I was, if I was like in that position, I would be freaking out. Oh yeah, I would be. I I would be hyperventilating and panic attacking for sure. Like the the whole time. It is the worst death in human history to me. Gotta be. It's so, gotta be. What's even worse is, and it's in the fact that it's called the what the nutty putty. The nutty 
Putty. The Nutty Putty Cave. You can't go die that horrific a death in something called as goofy as the Nutty Putty Cave. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, uh, what's even worse is like his family, the landowner came to an agreement like, hey, we're not, it's too dangerous to retrieve his body. Also, we don't want any, anyone else. And it was, what's even worse is he was a, a, like a, a new dad mm. with a wife. Uh, uh, they closed it with his body inside because they couldn't retrieve it. Uh, so they, yeah, grave. yeah, they, they poured cement, used explosive, collapsed the ceiling. Um, that's yeah. crazy. And his like, body's just eternally down there, decaying in a a spot that is like I think my chest is forty. Like all like circumference yeah, is like forty two, yeah. My, like ten by eighteen inches. That doesn't even make sense. There's sometimes I wake up in the morning, and I sit on the porcelain throne. And yeah, yeah, I've released things that wouldn't fit down. <laughs> I no, yeah, I'm with you on that. And it, I just no, like I there's pictures. <laughs> we'll have to maybe post a picture on the Instagram. Yeah. Of John Edward Jones and his homies hanging out in these caves. And it, in no inst, like, there was not a single photo that looks like a good time. Yeah. The, the idea of, oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The idea of, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of being in a cave, to be honest. That's not even a cave, man. I I don't. That I mean, is the slot of a toaster. Not not that broad of shoulders, but broad enough that I'm not interested in something that tight. Yeah, that is literally the slot of a toaster. The, the thing is, it's so I dark down there. What are they gonna find? Like, what are the views gonna be good? No, like what? Four hundred meters inside, <laughs> the only light you have is yeah. your helmet light. Yeah. No. But also, you can't even like, like angle right. your head. At you can't even look point. around. You're just inchworm in it. No, no. I did. Um, also, there's a big swimming hole that like goes super deep into the earth um, in outside of Austin, Texas. Forgive me, I don't know any of the details, <laughs> but I do know it like was a popular scuba diving place because it's like, it's like a cave system, but it's water and. These two guys went down there in like the 30s. Blue Hole? Mm, maybe. 45 minutes south of Austin to reach so- the glorious Blue Hole located just outside of Wimberley, a crystal clear yes. Blue Hole. Yeah, so essentially it's like this this swimming hole, but it like is super deep, like goes like 400 feet down or something like that. Oh, wow. And these two scuba divers went down oh. and, and got trapped and died. Is it called Jacob's Well? Yes, that sounds right. And so yeah. they went down and they died and their bodies weren't retrieved. And then they like closed scuba diving, but like people would still swim in it. And then like their bodies floated up like after the fact. So people were just swimming in this hole with dead bodies in it. Like two nope. dead bodies, like within a hundred feet of them. Nope. Yeah. Spooky. Nope. Spooky. No, no, also, no. like if you think about like if, if, if you swam in a significant body of water, meaning like an ocean, probably the Great Lakes, no, for sure the Great Lakes, like any huge lake, 
there's dead bodies in that water. Like, for sure, dead bodies. Like, the ocean's probably got thousands. Maybe more. Yeah. Tens of thousands? Like, I, how many I, bodies I, do you think have been dumped in the ocean over the course of years? Of, ben of, Laden's like, was. Well, so they say. Uh, <laughs> that It's crazy to think about. I want, I'm, I'm looking it up right now to see if there's a statistic. I've seen Dexter. Yeah. There's a lot of bodies down there. How many human bodies is in the ocean? I'd be curious to know how they came up with this metric. Yeah. Um, it's great because like this person is using the statistic that ships. I didn't even think away. about shipwrecks. Um, Hurricanes and tsunamis sweeping oh, people away. Oh, yeah. Didn't think about any of these. Um, I was going straight murder. Yeah. Um, miscellaneous swimming. True. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can die in the water. Yeah. Well, mostly just drowning, but like a lot of different reasons you could drown. Yeah. I'm guessing I'm guessing it's more than we think. What does he say? Um, I don't know. There's a longer article that. Uh, click to continue reading. Yeah. It was just like uh, you have to put these things into perspective, and it was like, oh, I wasn't even thinking. No, those things. it's got to be. I mean, okay, so in the course of assuming, like we're counting the ones, even the ones that like have decayed away. I'm gonna say hundred a hundred thousand minimum, minimum. Yeah. I mean, how many are on the Titanic? A thousand. How many died on? More than that, right? I have no idea. Here's an interesting fact of the day. How many people died on the on Titanic? On the Titanic. Oh, 1,500. Okay, 1,500 <laughs> died just on the Titanic. And they probably recovered some of those bodies. It says, of the 2,240 passengers and crew, more than 1,500 lost their lives. Okay, so like, let's assume they recovered half. You're still close to 1,000. Yeah. So, I mean... That right there, that's one shipwreck in history. And, like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, before, like, modern technologies, people were going out and dying on boats all the time. Like. All the time. And, like, think about, like, voyages, like, during, like, Columbus. Yeah, that's time. what I'm saying. Like, all those people, like, they're the Vikings. They're not going to keep a dead body on the boat because right. of, like, dysentery. They're, yeah, they're tossing of, overboard. There's probably more. 100,000 probably lowball. Yeah. I'm getting closer to a half a milli. Yeah. This is insane. Okay, so think about that every time. You go into how many, how many people died on the um, the Ark? No, no, <laughs> I don't think any. Sorry. Zero, except the unicorns. You're right, you're right. Yeah, uh, no, uh, um, uh, wow, the famous boat that sank in the in Edmund the Great Lake. Edmund, yeah, yeah, that's probably sixty, sixty people. The thing that's twenty nine. Okay. <clears throat> The thing that's spooky about Lake Superior is it's so cold that the bodies will never be recovered and they will never decay. Oh, they'll decay. No, very, very slowly. Same thing in like the top of Everest. Oh yeah, that's that's like, spooky to think about. They they the waters is it's something about I don't know why the coldness changes the density, but bodies will sink not float to the top because it doesn't get warm enough because of the bacteria that okay it, there you because go because of the bacteria that forms and they will decay very very slowly so like could you imagine swimming you're doing a, a, a dive in <laughs> superior and a freaking 
No. Zombified looking corpse. Bloop, bloop, bloop. No. Goes on right next to you. Mm-hmm. No. And for I would be. No. I'd <gasps> that suck in water and <laughs> and die. Then, and then I'm with them. Yeah. And then I'm hanging out with them. The rest of eternity. And the scuba suit. Oh. Well, Devin, how are we doing on time? I mean, we're overtime, technically speaking, but like. We missed our, a couple We took a hiatus weeks, from our so. fans, man. Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, you had another story. To tell, I, have, right? I have one more. Yeah. Um, let's do that and then we'll wrap up. <laughs> okay. So this one is from, uh, also just, just real quick. Normally bacteria decaying a sunken body will float it with gas, causing it to float to the surface after a few days. But Lake Superior's water is cold enough year round to inhibit bacterial growth and bodies tend to sink and never resurface. I was correct. Nailed it. You nailed that. Nailed it. <laughs> Um, throw all my jokes. Kidding. Um, so this one is from 1959. 1959. February 1959 in Russia. Oh, wow. and you know it, it's good when it's in Russia. Right. Like when a story says that it's in Florida, you're like, oh, oh gosh, yeah. Russia crazy. is the Florida of the world. Um, so this is it's called the Dietolov Pass incident. And so essentially a group of like hikers and they were, they were young kids, but they had an adult with them, but they were like semi-professional. It was was led by Dilatov. That's the adult. That's why it's named that. Oh, I thought it was Dilatov Pass. No, no. Led by Igor Dilatov. Oh. Had established a camp on the Eastern Slope. So maybe it was, it must've been named after him after. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Dilatov. Yeah. I recognize this now. So essentially what happened was. Um, this group of, of kids, um, nine people went out and, but they were experienced hikers. Um, we're going out on this like three week trip. And so they left and they kind of said like, Oh, it'll be between three and four weeks. Didn't set like a hard date on when they'd be back. So that was kind of like part of that kind of goes into it. Um, and so they go out and then they don't return. And so it gets to be like three weeks and then four weeks. And they're like, okay, we should go see what, what happened. Let's go figure this out. And so they go out and they start finding bodies and they find like, not just like, oh, they got stranded. There was a big storm. They all died of hypothermia. It was like a few of them died of hypothermia, but were totally naked in a creek. Uh, one guy was halfway down the mountain, um, and he has bark in the wounds in his hands from sliding down a tree. Um, one guy had his eyebrows were gone. One guy was missing a tongue. Two people were missing their, um, eyes just gone. The tent, when they looked at the tent had been cut open from the inside. They'd cut their way out of the inside. Your boy, Igor. Went and murdered a bunch of kids. So, yeah. So, like, <clears throat> this obviously, like, when they're finding all of this, Russia, the Russian government, opened an investigation um, and uh, basically the answer that they gave was a – let me find the exact wording because it's hilarious. Um, compelling natural force is what killed them is what the the Russian government came and then it's in sealed files. So like we don't have access. It's Russia. So we don't have access to it. 
And so, and then the other eerie thing is some of them had radiation on them, traces of radiation. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, which 1959 <clears throat> is it, way before it the was, Chernobyl disaster because yeah, Chernobyl yes. happened in right. the 80s. Yes. So and it's so not this like is, they were... Yeah. For those of you listening, right. you're like, oh, it's Chernobyl. No, Chernobyl didn't happen for another yeah. 20-some years. <laughs> so there's a ton of info on this. So, like, we obviously don't have time to go into all of it. But um, there's a lot of theories as to what happened. And so I'm looking at the numbers here. Six due to hypothermia, which would be normal. Two due to chest trauma, physical trauma. And one due to a fractured skull. Um, the injuries were not conducive to something an animal would have done as well as their bodies weren't eaten minus like the tongue was gone and the eyes were gone. So like animal attack seems out there. Um, some of the other theories include um, hypothermia, avalanche. So catabatic winds, which is an interesting one to me. So I'll explain it's, that in a second. Um, it's funny that you say avalanche because I, um, January 29th, 2021, the Smithsonian released an article that said new research identifies an unusual avalanche as the culprit behind the 1959 Dilatov pass incident. Interesting. Um, my favorite part of this article is, um, sh- I'll just paraphrase here or I'll, I'll just take a little excerpt <clears throat> search party investigating group of nine experienced hikers disappearance. Sharvin and his fellow rescuers spotted the corner of a tent peeking out beneath the snow. As he told the BBC News, Lucy Ash in 2019, inside they found supplies, including a flask of vodka. Nice. That's so <laughs> Russian. So Russian. A map and a plate of white pork fat, all seemingly abandoned without warning. A slash in the inside of the tent suggested that someone had used a knife to carve out an escape route from within. Well, yeah. footprints leading away from the shelter indicated that some of the mountaineers ventured out in sub-zero temperatures barefoot or with a single right. boot and socks. And so which is like, for a group of hikers, experienced. experienced hikers to do that is like, now there are some people who think like, okay, well, hypothermia causes like amnesia. It causes like some, like it causes people to do things they shouldn't do. And so they'll like go crazy essentially. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, that's a theory is that, like, they got so cold that their minds just weren't working. And so that's why they would have, like, done that. Um, some of my favorites, though, are I like the catabatic winds theory, which is that essentially the winds, um, I'll just read it. That'll be easier. Is a drainage wind, a wind that carries high density air from a higher elevation, elevation down a slope under the force of gravity. Such winds are sometimes called fall winds. The spelling catabatic winds is also used. And essentially what what that is is these winds come howling from high elevation, excuse me, high elevations and create a sound that's like such a high pitch that like causes you to go insane is what like people believe. And there's some other stories outside of this one that people think like that's what happened. And then there's also infrasound induced panic and and they think that the russian military was um 
Like experimenting Experimenting with like these supersonic or subsonic, I don't know how you would describe oh, them. Oh, in the area? Sounds in the area that like cause you to go insane or lose your mind or whatever. And, and then that, they were just wrong place, And wrong they were just time. wrong place, wrong time. And then the, the Russian government covered it up, which to me is like the seems likely like that. I would not put that past I would Russia. Not put that, yeah. Yeah. The part that like freaks me out is the one woman, Ludmila Dubinina, was missing both her eyeballs and her tongue. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. How? What? What? Yeah, exactly. Like... An animal didn't do that. An animal isn't going to go eat just your tongue and pick out just, just your, eyeballs. your eyeballs. Like they are going to. Yeah. No animal is going to open your mouth no. and just grab your Mm-mm. tongue. They don't have opposable no. thumbs. Exactly. And so there's just so many unknowns with this. And. It's 100% a military cover up, dude. It has to be. <clears throat> it has to be. If not, like this is one where of the situations that's like. Where else does radiation happen well, unless if you're using exactly weapons that have. That or like. There are things out there that exist that's like natural forces. You're talking about an abominable snowman. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I've seen Monsters, Inc. I've seen it. Yeah, same. Um, No, like there's things out there that are so beyond our knowledge that can happen that, you know, we could have, like this is such a mystery to us because maybe it's just stuff like a natural occurring thing that we just have no idea exists because we haven't experienced it to die. Right, like I've never heard survived of, it to I've never to heard of catabatic winds yeah. or experienced them myself. Right. right. But like you know Who knows? Yeah. It's spooky. So that's that's another one. There are is so much on this specifically. Like you can read this and listen to podcasts on this forever. There's so much to be known and this is just a small snippet of it um so if you're fascinated by this definitely look it up um there's a podcast stuff you should know no free advertisements except for this one um that does an episode on it that's like very uh well put together and organized and and kind of lays out all the details but yeah more spooky stuff that happens it's you know like in the wild the, that Dilatov Pass thing reminds me of the 1972 Andes plane crash where, like, the a plane crashed in the Andes Mountains and in order to survive, they ate the dead. Yeah. And then didn't, like, the survivors got, like, a lot of, like... Shit. Shit for it being, yeah. like... Yeah. But, like, I'm sorry... Life or death, right? Yeah, fight or flight. If if you look at the dead homie and you say, "Yep, that looks like a meal." Yep. No, I mean if if I like you don't give do, them, don't give them yeah. shit. Like you those survive. guys you already are gonna live with the trauma right. of that. Right. I'm sorry, but like that, the survivors are all messed up for life. Now, if you're like trapped in an elevator for six hours and you kill somebody and start grilling up their thigh. Yeah, yeah, so no, where for do you sure. Get a grill in an for elevator, sure. sure. <laughs> well, you so know, why do you have this grill. I got my well. pocket rocket. Always, I'm always locked and loaded with that thing. So I plan for this. <laughs> we got to establish a pea corner. Um, but no, I mean, like, if I'm if I'm dying and I think there's a chance of survival, and your dead body's over there looking hella thick. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, you're looking hella thick because they were like rugby players. <laughs> then they. 
They were more than looking. They they probably were hella thick. Yeah, members so. of the old Christians rugby team stand near the fuselage of their Uruguayan Air Force F-227 plane two months after a crash while ferrying them to a match in Chile. Crazy that they were rescued. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. And hopefully they're doing all right with the trauma of having to eat their friends. Frozen bodies of their, not only their friends, but like their teammates. Yeah. No. Like that. that. I, I want to put on the record for everyone listening. If we're ever in a situation where I'm dead and you're alive and you're hungry, feel free. My license says donor. I have, I have no issues with you taking a bite. My license says donor. Just don't overcook me. Yeah. I do not want to be dried out. I better be <laughs> okay. medium at, okay. l- at the most. I can tell we've gone too long because it's getting weird, <laughs> so we probably should call it there. It's been so good to be back. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. It. Um to be doing this again i'm sorry we missed so long but hopefully we won't miss any more time um until we're doing this full time as our as our living so Mm -hmm. probably next week um probably next week yeah i think this one is a hit yeah for sure this is one big you know what's funny is i realized that um for a great majority of the recent times i've forgot to mention a word for you to oh uh, yeah text us so true um, Seth, why don't you come up with the word? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say the word is um, monument. You heard it here and, first. And, um, no, haunted monument. A haunted to monument. To keep on theme. Yep. Think Texas, great, Texas, message us, call us. Mm-hmm. Haunted monument to let us know that you listened to this week's much-awaited yeah podcast we missed you guys hopefully won't go that long without putting on an episode in a long time and um and hopefully seth and i don't you know die yeah for a couple weeks yeah for sure uh again because that was not fun no whatsoever i can tell you covid not a fan so Oh, um, next week, um, we'll be back. Um, we are going to be, we're not sure what we're going to be talking about yet. Um, but Devin has a story he's going to share of, um, I don't want to butcher this, but I'm going to just tease a little bit. Essentially Egyptian mold from, from one of the tombs in like one of the pyramids, um, being found at work and, and having to evacuate work um, because, I mean, they brought in people from, like, oh, like the CDC yeah, and F- stuff. FBI was there. Right, and, like, international. Like, yeah. I don't know what the international CDC would be called. I don't know what the name is, but, like. No, we were pretty much told hush, hush. Yeah. Um, and because so, it could hold anything right. from eternal life to Ebola. Yeah. We didn't know. Right. And they, they, they threatened to fire him. Sorry, I don't want to give too much away, but he, they said, sign this NDA or we're firing you. And, and so Uh, my last day is tomorrow. So I'm going to break the NDA. I'm going to, the NDA. So, yeah. So you definitely want to tune in next week to hear that story. It's crazy. Um, he's told me a little bit, but I told him no spoilers. So, um, if you want to hear that, make sure you're listening next week. All right. Peace out.